This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, the 15th of February, 2023. Sean's here, we've got coffee, we have got emails, and that's... You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. <laughs> Hi, Sean Priest. How are you? <laughs> Somebody's tired. Hello, Stephen Scott. How are you, my friend? I think it's safe to say that I have yes. fallen into the insomniac trap again. Yes. You know, by my two iMessages last night, one at, I think it was 1am or one at 4am, saying, Are you there? Please. I figured you didn't have a good night's sleep. Do you know I had a I had a good night's sleep once I finally got to sleep, but unfortunately that was about oh twenty minutes ago. I don't know. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> I love it when you say four a.m. I don't suppose you're up for recording, are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I am asleep. Well, nice I, try. I did ask you at that time, and then I asked you again, and then again, and then I sent you a final look. I'm going to bed now, so if you are awake. This is the time to tell me. Oh, there is nothing worse, though, is there, when you're just let there wide awake and you know you're not going to sleep and you think, I could be doing things at this time. Everyone else, wake up immediately. Yeah, like I could have been watching TikTok, but then I talked myself into erasing the app, so I didn't even bother with that. Now, you brought that up for the second day running. Are you having withdrawal symptoms here? I'm not, but what I did end up doing was I, mm. I sat on Netflix picking out movies that I've seen already that I watched again. I watched Scary Movie. Oh, well, that's why you were up all night. You can't watch a scary movie. No, it's not a scary movie. It's not a scary. Oh. It's called scary movie, but it's not a scary what? movie. It's it's a joke. It's a Mickey take. Uh, on I'm the... assuming it, no, it's got scary bits in it. I'm assuming. I don't I've think never it, seen well, it. It's basically. I remember going to see this. I'm trying, I can't remember what year it came out. But I remember seeing Ages. it with friends in the cinema, and I have to say it was more enjoyable watching it in the cinema with friends because it was funny. I don't think it's it's the kind of movie that probably would never get allowed today because you know it's funny. And people right. would maybe enjoy themselves while oh, watching it. So, a little bit you know, politics there. <laughs> clearly never tired. Gonna, you know, clearly no one's ever going to be able to enjoy themselves again. So, you know, <laughs> good luck. Enjoy it while it's still on Netflix. Um, that's, of course, if you're not sharing a password, in which case then forget it because you're not you know, ever going to be able to how, use that how again. How are they oh, enforcing that? Because that has gone live in Canada, I believe, on Wednesday last week. How are they enforcing that? Is it a simple case now, from what I understand, they just simply ask you to register the address that you're using it from. Is that right? Well, I don't know. I mean, And in that case, people are saying, well, what if I've got a second home? What if I'm in a hotel on a holiday or, or yeah. whatever, a trip? What about five homes that happen to be all across the country uh, with different <laughs> members of uh, the family <laughs> names being used on the account? Because the thing for me is I've got profiles. So yeah, is, that, is that not the obvious way they pick it out? I mean, is it just because I I had set out the profiles at the beginning for my yeah. mum and dad and for oh. my mother-in-law and my father-in-law because they wanted to use Netflix. And I said, OK, what I'll do is I'll set up a, a profile for you because then it means that everything you watch, it doesn't then attribute to me. No, 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 no. No, what you're doing there is breaking the law, Stephen's got. Surely you don't know. Why can't they get their own accounts? Uh, because they're, they're Scottish and what? cheap. and you know, You're sharing a password, which is basically taking money out of poor old Netflix's mouth. How dare you? I feel bad about it. But no, honestly, there's really. a lot of backlash about this. And I, I totally see Netflix's point of view, right? I mean, you're, you're basically giving away a subscription. They're, they're losing a subscription. It but this was their idea. They came up with this at the beginning. I mean, and it was they almost did, like, they... do you remember at the beginning it was like, hey, sharing your password's cool. It's the greatest yes. idea ever. And they're like, ah, uh, looking at the balance sheet at the end of the month going, um, this was maybe not the best marketing plan. Well, isn't it almost the IRA problem, right? Where, you know, giving away those five minutes at the beginning, it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah. But now they're, they're frightened to take it away because everyone's got used to it. It's almost like, well, we've always been doing this and we don't like change. You know, I was trying to think of a, a reason why that's not a good analogy, but it actually is a good analogy of it because... Thank you. It is. Well, it is. Because, I'm back. Yes. I'm glad someone is. I'm glad <laughs> someone's thinking over here. But um, no, it is because, you know, you kind of got this free capability. You know, people can use it and they can enjoy it. And um, yeah, I'm just waiting for it to stop that. But, you know, that's fine because I'm paying the bills. So, you know, once they all get cut off, that's fine. I, I don't I don't care. Um Oh yeah, they just won't talk to you again. No, yeah, yeah I, I think I think it's fair enough. I mean, it is a business after all. So no, look, yeah. I, I agree, I agree, and it's, I'm not 
you know, I'm not. I mean, if they've changed the rules, then fair enough. I, I and I'll be honest. I am with you on this. I think at the end of the day, they should never have really suggested it as an idea. Uh, they shouldn't have really allowed the profiles to happen because, to me, the profiles have kind of what to me made it seem appropriate. Right? That's what you did. Um, but you know, no, they've no, also no, changed no. The you're views back, in a family household, right? There's no problem. Like, my kids have got a profile. Sarah's got a profile. Her own profile. Because as you say, they all watch different things, right? I don't want teenage ninja mutant turtles movie all over mine. Liar. Uh, well, okay, I do. But th- th- so that makes total sense. But that doesn't mean I can give my password to my brother who lives, you know, at the other end of the country to use it as well. Yeah, but then the same argument applies, though. Well, shouldn't everybody then have their own account? I mean, if we're going to get to that level, if it's a case of, well, you can't share the password, then you shouldn't share the password with anyone. It should just be for you. So Sean Priest should have his yes. own account, and then Sarah yes, should have her account, in the, the kids same should household. have their account. So, so doesn't it come to an account per household? So if you do have a second house, maybe you do need a second account. Mm. Anyway, no, that does annoy me, because yeah. I'll be honest, yeah, that doesn't, sorry. I, I couldn't care less about the Netflix no, thing. No. I mean, if they want me to pay more money, fine. Yeah. Everybody wants me to pay more money these days, so fine. And no doubt I'll end up paying it. <sighs> yeah, of course you will. Well done. But here's what, what I'm not happy say, about. No, wait, no, wait. Wait, what? before we get on to your rant. I'm not happy, just say, by the way. I've been looking a lot at Netflix and uh, Apple TV Plus mm. recently, because Apple sent me two of the new HomePods. Oh, and I've connected them up to my app. Breaking news. Breaking news. I know. I know. know. Amazing. I've got to say, thank you so much, Apple. They said, we're sorry to hear you broke your leg. Maybe you'll have some time to take a look at these new HomePods. Oh, God bless you, (laughs) Apple. That's so nice. Apple accessibility. You are amazing people. Thank you. So I am checking out the new HomePods at the minute. Um, But using them with the Apple TV as part of a home theater system, it works so well. The Amazon... Amazon Echoes with the Fire TV stick, so problematic. Always disconnecting. VoiceOver or Voice View would disappear and you couldn't use it. With the Apple TV and the HomePods, rock solid. I'm enjoying it so much. So tech reviewers around the country will now be getting in touch with Apple saying, do you know, I, bro- I broke my finger the other day and I really could do with a new MacBook Pro to make me feel better. Could you help? Oh, That's going to be God a thing now. You. Yes, <laughs> can't wait to hear the amount of requests they get on that one. I think that's a one and done experience. It's worth right doing. Yeah. Wait till the uh, iPhone 15 comes out. I've got another leg. <laughs> now we know why he fell. Now we know how it works. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so well, look, I'm going to tell you why I'm not happy. I'm looking forward okay. to the review of those. By the way, perfect. I heard Gordon's um, take on it as well. Very good. Very good. Well, here's uh, Gordon. Who? Gordon. He did a, a thing about the um, the, the HomePods. Oh, sorry, yeah, you mean Greg, Greg Hayes. Oh, sorry, Greg, sorry. We've yes. got so many Gregs and Gordons. I, I know, that's right. That's, uh, yeah, you've been away for a while, you've forgotten. I know, sorry, years. yeah, Greg, I was Greg, thinking of Greg. Gordon Anthony and thinking, well, Gordon didn't no, do no. that. <laughs> yeah, so was I. But yes, no, you're Greg, right, Greg did it. But he took it a bit demo. further. He went deeper into the automations and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah we've actually got an update on that coming up tomorrow. We'll talk oh, about that cool. tomorrow. Uh, but yes, uh, here's what I'm annoyed about. Let's get to me. Um, so Dropbox... <sighs> has had an issue on the new Macs with M1 for a while. And I don't know if it's exclusive to the M1 Macs or the M2 Macs, but it certainly is an issue for Mac users, which is that when you have a Dropbox account, you can't work with online-only files. So what you have to do is you have to go into each individual file that you want to work with and download it first before you can work with it. So before, you could just open the file, and then it would send an instruction off to Dropbox. It would download the file onto the computer and open it. In my case, or in your case, Sean, it would be Audacity, you know, an Audacity project yeah. or a piece of audio we're working on, uh, and it would go off and do it. And with macOS Ventura, there was an issue, and it, it tells you, Dropbox tells you, that, you know, you cannot work with online-only files. It will show you the files, but in order to open them, you have to manually download them all first. Not the end of the world problem, not a showstopper at all. Um, mm-hmm. You just have to remember to do it, because, of course, inevitably, you just... You know, you go in and you want to open the file and you go, oh, it's telling me I can't use this yeah. because it hasn't been downloaded. Anyway, the good news is that it will be fixed and it's an update that's coming shortly. And that, well, it is, and, and this will be coming very, very soon. In fact, it may well be um, updated in the next week or two, if not already, actually. I'm not sure because I haven't had the update yet, but it is coming very, very soon. However, there is a downside. And I'm sorry, guys, but if this is the case... Dropbox and I are finished. 
Why? Can't use it. Can't use it anymore. It's done. Okay. It's finished. It's gone. It's dead to me. I cannot use it on the Mac because the new update will no longer provide support for external drives. No. Wait, 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 wait. That cannot be right. That would be ridiculous. Well, let me dig into this a bit. This okay. is not actually Dropbox's fault, but it is going to have an impact on Dropbox and its business, I have no doubt at all. And it's actually Apple's fault. This is all Apple's fault. So what Apple have done is uh, they say that, you know, and, and going back to the beginning with this, Mac users were, you know, having Dropbox issues for a while uh, because Apple killed off an extension used by cloud services with actually back to Monterey 12.3, and then they replaced it with a new API. Dropbox worked on a new version of the macOS app, which works with the API, but this is the downside. Users will no longer be able to store Dropbox folders on external disks. Uh, now, macOS Monterey 12.3 was released in March uh, last year, but even before the update, Dropbox had been warning the users that the macOS app would lose some of its functionality due to the latest changes to Apple's operating system. And this is all according to 9to5Mac. It says, for example, it's no longer possible to open online-only files, placeholders that are stored in the cloud. The new API, though, also now limits how Dropbox and other cloud app works. So, for instance, Dropbox currently lets users store a Dropbox folder on an external drive. But this will no longer be possible even after the update with support for macOS Monterey and macOS Ventura, because all content from cloud apps on macOS will now have to live in library slash cloud storage folder locally for privacy reasons. Now, of course, many users were upset by the news, according to 9to5Mac. <laughs> I'm one of them. Hello. Uh, but the quote here is uh, someone says, well, what happens I've, if I've got a Dropbox folder on an 8 terabyte drive and a tiny internal drive, will it try to clone stuff across and eat up all the space. And yes. uh, this was a question that was put to Dropbox support. The response from a company representative confirmed that nothing can be done about this as it is an, a Mac OS limitation. And unfortunately, there's no way around it. Uh, the official update, the new Dropbox uh, update, is coming, and they've notified users that it will roll out soon with support for Mac OS Monterey 12.5, fixing the online-only issue. But unfortunately, users who need to store the Dropbox folder on an external drive will lose the option forever. So there you go. Wow, that is a massive deal. Now, the only silver lining, I suppose, is that the online-only uh, bug will be fixed. So you could... It's a lot of management, though. When I'm, I'm thinking about heavy Dropbox users, like, you know, what's that? It's 20, 30 terabytes. It's ridiculous, yeah. There's you, no you way could we could not store that. that locally. And if that's the case... I mean, that is bad. Dropbox is done, right? Yeah, well, I, I, this is an Apple problem, right? This is not a Dropbox issue. And I have no, to, no, I totally I have get to that. explain that because, it, you know, it was very easy for Dropbox. Well, people will jump on Dropbox and it's not, that's not their fault. They are working within limitations. And Apple have put, and I have to say, this is just, this is weird. I don't understand this one. I don't get who benefits out of this. I, they're saying for privacy reasons. But look, ultimately, if you're signing up, this is a third party service. So you would be signing up with the terms and conditions of privacy with that company. You know, if they, if they lose my data or someone steals my data, I'm not going to blame Apple for Dropbox losing my data. That wouldn't make sense. I'd blame and Dropbox for that. what difference does it make? What difference if it's stored locally or externally? Once, that, it's, yeah. once it's downloaded off the cloud onto your system, be it internally or externally, what difference does it make to privacy? And it's my and data. We the, well, yeah, that's right. And we have the option as well. You know, you've got the gatekeeper. Is that still a thing? I don't know. I haven't used Mac in years. But you can turn things off. You know, it's, it's almost akin to, okay, you cannot download and install apps anywhere else apart from the oh, app you've store. got all that. Yeah, you've, got, you've, got, you've still got all that. I mean, the security has tightened up a lot on Apple even. I mean, it was tight already. I get um, that. But you should have the option to customize that and say, you know what? I understand the, the, the limitations or maybe the risks involved, but I need to store this on an external hard drive. Dropbox is... I mean, it's incredibly popular, right? And it's works so, so well, mostly works so well when it does work. No, and those times brilliant. when it goes down, it kills you. But it's amazing. And it's, it's so critical for a lot of workflows. I know it is for us. Well, it is. And look, I have, you know, recently invested in my new M2 Mac Mini. And I'm looking at the return capability because I'm like, can I send this thing back? Because honestly, this would kill off the Mac for me. It really would kill off the Mac because I can't work on that. I just cannot work on a system where I'm not able to access all my files all the time. So 
trust the old PC, come back, all is forgiven. Um, yeah, <laughs> that I mean, seems I'm serious. Strange. That's that that did shake me a bit last night because I thought that's it. That's made the decision for me. I'll have to go back to using. I say have to. I mean, it sounds so tragic, doesn't it? I have to use the PC. No, no, yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. What choice do you have? There's yeah. no way you can store our Dropbox, the one that we use. We cannot store that locally. It'd be impossible. Yeah, so what, what I, to, I don't know and, what and to that's do. That's not to this. do as well. That's that's a work Dropbox, right? We've also got our personal Dropboxes on top of them. I know I have. And look, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the point, right? This isn't. I mean, you know, I know people would say, well, you know, not everyone has twenty or thirty terabytes of Dropbox space. That's true. But a yeah. lot of people will be using service. And this, by the way, seems to cover a lot of other options. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem exclusive to Dropbox. This, I mean, Dropbox is being referred to here because the update is coming and it is going to be impactful right away. But this is going to affect other third-party providers as well. If the rule is that anything that's third-party, any application that is a storage application, so I'm thinking of Google One, I'm thinking of OneDrive, although OneDrive I don't think ever supported external drives. I don't think you could ever move it because I tried oh, it a few know. times and it would never do it. Even on the PC, I couldn't well, get it. What about something like Time Machine? I mean, Apple's own Time Machine, where it's a physically a separate device. I don't know if they still exist. Well, no, you, you can still use, yeah. And in fact, that is encouraged that you use an external drive for that. I suppose that's not a cloud service, though. You're backing up your own computer to an external drive, aren't you? Um, and maybe that's mm, encrypted? Perhaps, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, there's no reason why, you know, give people the option, make Dropbox encrypt the data if they're storing it on external, then, I mean, that's better than you just can't do it. It seems crazy to me. Even my personal Dropbox is, what, two terabyte? I back up everything on my Dropbox. It's great. Um, and on a, what, uh, a 512 internal SSD? Have yeah, I, got I mean, to make everything offline only and then manage it every time I want to download a, you know, an Audacity project, maybe one and a half gig or something. It's a pain. Sometimes you want that, you know, things you use a lot, access a lot, you want that downloaded locally. So, yeah, yeah I think that's a massive deal. So fixed with one problem and created a huge problem somewhere else. I mean, I suppose <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe there's, I mean, this is the other side of it. I mean, okay, trying to think positively here, you know, the online only problem, if that had been coupled with it, that would have really killed Dropbox. Some people might say, well, okay, do you know what? I can handle this. The only thing I'll say yeah. is on a workflow what I found is when you're downloading the files, so say you work on a file, then you work on another file, and you work on another file, very quickly your hard drive tells you you run out of space. And yep. the funny thing is, if you try and then say, because what, what someone said to me once, well, all you do is you just go into the files and you just ask the files to be uploaded, you know, essentially bring them back online, just, just have them online only. If there's no space on the drive, it can't do it. Dropbox just can't oh, do it. Oh, is that right? It just oh, locks I didn't know up. that. So it'll just say, sorry, there's no room left, so I can't back up. So you're stuffed. Mm, yeah, that, that, that needs sorting. That is a big issue. I, I, I don't honestly know. I've used Dropbox for years and years. And as I say, I think it's a great little service. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's very popular. A lot of people use it. That, that, well, that's that's got I, a... I, maybe the argument here is, well, you know, a lot of people aren't working on huge files. So, you know, and, and internet speeds are so fast now that you can just very quickly open a file, work on it, and it'll go away again. Hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I must yeah. admit, I, I did try using Dropbox on my, on my MacBook Pro just with the one terabyte drive that's in there. And you, know, you think one terabyte's a lot of space, but when you take system into account, when you take local files into account, downloads folder, very quickly, you know, 512 can disappear. And yeah. then you've got the other 512, which very quickly, when you're using audio sessions and you're working off audio, that can very quickly increase as well. So suddenly you've got no space left. And, you know, I, I did a face, I, I did a Final Cut project the other day for a, a project on uh, Double Tap TV. So this is a seven-minute video package that's going to be going into Double Tap TV. So in a seven-minute package, and it was 480 gig. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's half my drive gone just on a Final Cut project. So what chance have I got when it comes to... Dropbox, you know, it's just ridiculous. No, that's right. Absolutely and anyway, while right. I'm dumping on Apple, um, apparently this is another story. This comes from Apple Insider, which uh, was interesting. And it says, customers of Spotify's audiobook narration firm say they were not adequately informed of a contract clause that they agreed to that ultimately allowed Apple to use their voices in its AI training. So Apple quietly released a, a range of audio Apple books, you remember, early in the year which were narrated by voices and generated entirely by artificial intelligence. 
we played some of the voices on here and we've been comment, getting lots of comments on how wonderful these voices are. They were very good, yeah. Publishers and professional voice actors objected that this was removing a major source of income, but Apple claimed it was still committed to artists and it does have all that information on its website. Specifically, says AppleInsider.com, Apple said that the new AI audiobooks were only done for titles where it was not economic to hire an actor. So that would be low circulation ones, such as textbooks, small presses, and self-published titles. Now, according to Wired, voiceover artists and authors working with a company called Findaway have complained about Apple using them to train their own AI replacements. Findaway is effectively a self-publishing audio company owned by Spotify, where authors pay to have audiobooks produced. As yet, it appears that no actor is working for traditionally published titles where the audiobook is produced by the publisher without a charge to the author have complained. In the case of Spotaway's Findaway, however, authors and also voice actors have complained about the clause which gave Apple the rights to use audiobook files for machine learning training and models. Andy Garcia Ruse, his narrator, told the publication, it feels like a violation to have our voices being used to train something for which the purpose is to take our place. It is not clear when the clause was actually added, as the authors and actors say it was not explicitly pointed out to them when they signed up uh, with updated agreements. Findaway was bought by Spotify in June 2022. So I, I, I don't know if this is a huge surprise for people, and if it isn't the contract, then people might say, well, you should really read your terms and conditions of your contract, right? Um, mm. But it is kind of, I guess there's a, it's the ethical versus the moral versus the legal here, right? Um, well, is it, can, is can, it moral to, you know, essentially <laughs> take someone's voice and then train an AI so that, yeah, one day it could take a job? Is that what training AI actually means, though? Does that mean they're training the TTS voice using someone's real voice? Well, I mean, is that a surprise if that's happening? I mean, that's how else does it learn... Human voice. Well, I mean, I would assume that someone signs a contract specifically to say you can take my voice and use it as a TTS. But yeah. I guess if they're inserting that clause into a contract almost via the back door, that doesn't seem good to me. Well, it won't be by the back door. It'll just. It's, yeah, I mean, no, I, you I can argue it. at any it. point in that one. You could say, well, you know, they, they they should have been told or they should have been informed. Again, if I'm signing a contract, I'm reading that contract. And if it's a contract that's mm. of employment and you've got the, the funds to do it and you, you think you maybe need to, then you'll get a lawyer to look over it, you know? But if you can't afford to do that, just read the thing. And, you know, if it's stipulated in there and it's quite clear, and, and it must be clear because they've found it, then, you know, who's, who's that on, right? I mean, it, I'm, I'm... It's funny, though. It's, what, what do we... I, when I'm thinking of a, a contract, employment contract or whatever, I'm sort of thinking of paper contracts now or emailed big contract. I mean, if it's a case of an online website, T&C almost deal, and you just, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe mm. it's... It, you're absolutely right. It's down to us to know what we're agreeing to, right? But it I think people often do this. They'll say, oh, well, I didn't read it. Well, I'm sorry, but you that's didn't on you. read it. Yeah. That's on you. That's not, that's not their fault. They've... They've put it in the contract. If they had not put it in the contract, then that's different. Now, of course, there is an important, there is a really important word in that statement, which is updated agreements. Now, that gets a little bit more interesting because if it's just a case of, oh, we've uh, changed a couple of things, just sign it, we'll move on, then you maybe are less likely to go and check the detail. The first contract you might read, the second one you'll say, well, you know, I was happy before. Um, but I don't know. Again, I, I'm one of those people I would rather say, okay, let me just take a moment. Let me check what I'm agreeing to here. Um, I absolutely am not. I will just, yeah, I can't be bothered. I agree. <laughs> and you'd yeah, you be the complainant. Yeah, be the one of the complainants. And yeah, I would be one of those complaining. Yeah, it, it, it does seem like, okay, I'm giving you my voice to replace me. I absolutely get that. But I also get what you're saying. It is a... It is a tricky one, but I mean... And, and let's think I, about it from Apple's point of view or even from Spotify's point of view or anybody's point of view, really. If you were to go to an audiobook narrator explicitly and say, I'd like to use your voice because we're training an AI, now that could... that You could argue that they might turn around and say, well, hang on a minute, what are you doing here? As opposed to being part of the contract where they can sort of just apologise later. <laughs> if you didn't know, yeah. well, you didn't know, right? Well, but you see, that's, that's, the that's the thing, though. Training an AI could mean multiple things to me. It doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's, it's reproducing my voice in the, you know, synthetically as a TTS. It could mean that they're, they're training the inflection of the AI or, you know, how it, I don't know, how it, it gets context out of what it's reading 
training it using human voices. It, it doesn't mean that it's reproducing my actual voice to replace me. No, I don't, I don't and I don't think that's the suggestion here either. I don't think it's that it is that anyone's suggesting that it's taking their voice and turning it into a TTS. Well, that, in that case, that's that the problem. Be, that's the only well, thing I could that, worry that about. That would be the ethical, and I would say that would be a, a very, very morally grey area if that was going yes. on, because that's cloning, right? That's cloning voices, and that, that to me, exactly, but should be voice, illegal. I think we should have which, laws right now that restrict that because AI is moving so quickly. The yes. capability with with, I mean, we've been playing around with the Eleven Labs io. A friend of mine was playing around with it. I have to say, it's the only thing that's kind of funny. I don't have the clip handy, or I play it to you. It's so funny because it has a kind of a US English slant at the moment. It doesn't have any other capability beyond US English. So when it gets a Scottish voice, I seem I turn into <laughs> someone who appears to be broadcasting on what was the BBC in 1958. Um, hello, it is, it, hello, yes, welcome to the hello, program. Welcome. Hello, yes, very good now. <laughs> Um, right, 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 right. Let, let's sit down with mother. Uh, it's all very lovely, and um, it doesn't make any sense. But you know that—that's you know—that's taking my voice and that's turning that into something. And well, it doesn't seem to be. Fakes. Yeah. Well, well, it doesn't help them. But the fact though that on that website, you can just go there, and <laughs> there's a tick box that says, "I have consent to use this voice." Tick. Okay yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like all all of us radio people are going, well, it's not as if there's any recordings out there anyone would ever be able to use. No, so it'll right. be it'll be fine. Who's got two hours of our voices? Exactly. Nobody. Oh wait, every <laughs> single day since I don't know, two thousand there's been something oh. out there. You know, so that's terrifying, right? Um but that's not yeah, what's happening that, that's here. That's, the, that's not that's this. The, this is yeah, this is training AI point. to to be a voice. And yeah, but what does that mean? Ideally, be a nondescript voice, a, a new voice. It's taking all the data to teach it how to be a voice and give it the characteristics of people. But it has to have the data in well, order to do that. I, know, I, I take it all back. What's wrong with that? So it, it's analysing a human voice to make the AI voice better. It's not reproducing or cloning their voice. No problem there. Yeah, there you go. See, you're fine with it. There you go. I'll take it all back. Thank you, Apple. Apple, if you're looking for a voice, by the way, that's free, he's willing to you know, offer everything of himself to you. If you want to use my voice as a template for anything, you're crazy. But okay, yeah, feel free. Yeah, you might need to get some balance in there. Uh, someone with a low voice. Um, all right. Yeah. Oh, of a Scottish accent. Not, not quite as girly. Um, yeah. Oof. Okay, let's move on. Next. <laughs> <laughs> right, stick around. We'll get into your emails next. It's Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yes, this is Double Tap. Stephen and Sean with you today. And uh, let's get into some voicemails and emails, Sean, because, as you know, we get lots and lots through. Uh, Frank has been in touch, and Laura reads his email. Hi. I listened with interest to the article about your problems in going from screen magnifier to screen reader. I feel that now is the time for me to go down the same road and look at what I can do with a screen reader. I feel that I'm going slowly downstream and the paddle is getting smaller. I find it stressful and a little hard to work on my computer for any length of time. Looking at the screen for more than 10 minutes dries my eyes out and causes some eye strain. Now I have to decide what is the best and the easiest screen reader. Do I go for JAWS, which is part of my existing screen magnifier and speech, namely Fusion, or do I try NVDA? Or even Narrator? That is the question. As has been said, there's life out there, but not as we know it, so let's set a course and engage. Perhaps AI could help. Keep up the good work and get Sean off his proverbial. Regards, Frank. <laughs> There's the sympathy. It's, it goes away quickly. Thank you, Frank. I'm back. Honestly, it took two weeks. It, it <laughs> takes two weeks. I Where keep is saying he to people, I'm like, do you know the amount of times I've said to people in my life, they say, oh, you know, when, when, when I'm off, people are so kind. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't last. Trust me, doesn't last. They, want, they, just, they just want you back doing what you do. So, you know, get you off I'm your back. proverbial. Or Thank don't, you. ideally. Are, I am you, still are you still on, on the commercial? Yes, I am. I knew you were going to go there. Yes, I am. Let's talk about when's the time to switch. It's so difficult, though, isn't it? I from commercial you know. to toilet. That's the right. question. <sighs> yes. When do you make the move from the potty to the, the actual pan? Uh, yes. Oh, no, you were, you're talking about screen readers, right? Okay. Yes. Can we leave that alone now? Unbelievable. <laughs> yes, I'm still sat on it. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's got wheels so on diff- it. 
It has. It's got casters at the back, yeah. So mm. you can wheel me about on it. It's it's very nice. Oh, uh, we were. I was supposed to come down and see you last week, and unfortunately, due to the never-ending mm. nightmare that is Britain, yes. um, I couldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Well, this is. I could, only... have, I could have. We could have had um, some kind of commode racing. That would have been brilliant. Well, no, I've already got one. Sorry. Sorry, no, 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 no. no. You take your turn. I'll take mine, and we'll, we'll time oh, it. Oh, I see. Well, we could do time trials. No, yeah. that's beautiful. It is the only other chair I have in this room. So I've got my bed down here, and the commode is my chair. So if you did come down and visit me, you would have to sit in the commode. There you go. What a lovely, what a lovely image we're giving it to our do you, know, do you know how? Do you know how friendly we are? I would sit on that commode. I would do that oh, for you. I would. I, kn- I know you would. God bless you. Right. Okay. So <laughs> moving to a screen. <laughs> well, that went weird. <laughs> So, yeah, so when when is the right time to get a screen reader? <laughs> exactly where, when Frank is saying, when he's saying that he's noticing that it's becoming hard work. I mean, I don't think anyone switches so many times, you know, as, as someone who was losing their sight and knew they were losing their sight through RP, as many people do. You're, you're always told, you know, you to prepare, 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 get ready for that time when you're not going to be able to read print or, you know, get around with mobility wise or whatever it may be. I never did. Never. I always, I was always forced to it because my sight dropped to a certain level where I had no choice. Right? Um, that's, I think, that's down to personality. It's just my character. I don't do anything until I absolutely need to. And it was the same when it came to giving up or moving over from magnification to um, screen reader. You just know. And Frank, it sounds like you know. Yeah, I agree. I think it comes a point, and it's interesting for you though because people with RP are told. I assume you're just told at some point you will lose your vision. Uh, I guess they're up front. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. You will go blind. Yeah. And that was the issue for me because no one ever said that. I mean, my, my doctor said to me, well, not to me, to my mum, I guess, what, 30 years ago. Well, you know what? Everything will be fine. He'll just stay exactly as he is. And if that was true. He lied to you. Well, but what did he know? I mean, this well, is what I've learned. <laughs> well, but yeah, but I, I've learned a lot There's over no the years about this. They, they, anything, don't, they yeah. don't really know anything. They know what they know at the time. And at the time, that's what they knew. That nothing. And actually, when I, went, when I went back to that, not the same doctor, but to the clinic, because, of course, once you get to a certain age, with the kind of eye condition I've got, they just, they just write yeah, you off. Don't bother. It's like, forget yeah, it. Don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually say, I remember the day I was discharged. I was 15 years old, and I was discharged from the hospital. And I was a bit confused because I said to my mum at the time, I said, I wasn't in the hospital. <laughs> Why are they discharging me from it? And she said, yeah. no, what it means is that you've basically, as far as they're concerned, they're you're finished expelled. with you. Yeah, you're on your own, so enjoy. And yeah. that was it, really. And I, 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 the, the amount of times I had bad experiences with doctors, and, you know, can I drive a car, doctor? And you just laugh, you belly laugh at the, yeah. at the prospect of it, and all these things that stick in my mind. But, you know, at no point did anyone say, you should prepare. And I thought mm. that was a mistake. And I talked about this on Saturday. I, I got a little bit irritated on Saturday. I was talking about it on the show. Uh, but I was saying, you know, it, it, it just because you because I was in that position where I didn't think it would change, I just lived my life as a visually impaired person would. But, you know, I, just forgetting that any possible change could happen. And, of course, there's, there's lots of things here, right? First off, I could end up with another eye condition. I could get glaucoma or I could get... AMD down the line or whatever else, right? It could be that yeah. another eye condition comes along and combats it. Or the one I've got gets worse, which is what actually happened. Yeah. So, And that again, happened in the time know, I knew you. I, I remember yeah. you transitioning across. And, um, yeah, it's, it's never easy. Absolutely no, it's not. never easy. It was, it was absolute hell, you know. And, and this is why, and again, go and listen to me talk about it on Saturday. I'm not going to say it all again. But, you know, that's why I really struggled with the whole thing because – People around me would say, even family would say to me, but they said it would never change. <laughs> I used yeah. to say, well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it'd, be a it bit like say, it'd be a bit like saying, you know, when I was born, I, if I had two working legs and then I'm in a car crash and, and, and my legs are, are broken and I can't walk anymore and I'm now in a wheelchair and someone's saying to me, but you could walk last week. What's changed? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you, you could walk when you were born eventually, you know, so what's the problem? You know, it just it doesn't get into people's minds that things can change. And that meant that I didn't ever make the move until I had to. And that was the thing. And, I and, I, it, and I do regret that because 
having of the course. visual impairment, I kind of wish I had started earlier because then I would have been so much further down the line. That's the Braille of, argument, right? Well, that's it, right. You know, instead again. of having to Too deal with now. it when it's when you're dealing with everything else, that's the point. Yeah. You're dealing with the blindness as well. And you've got all that emotion swimming around whilst you're trying to continue to do what you do and also think, I have to relearn how to do all this. And there's no getting away from that. It, it, it's not an easy transition. It, it, you know, it, it, it's that, that learning curve is there and that being frustrated is going to be there a lot. But it's surprising how quickly you do get over that, how quickly it becomes the new way of working. And when it comes to which is the best one, Honestly, it doesn't matter. Whichever one you 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 start with, then you know it, it's not going to be easier on Jules than it is on NVDA or vice versa. So, if you've been using Fusion um, with the speech aspect as well, then I would say you know just stick with that and just switch to Jules. And um, yeah, good luck. But it, honestly, it'll be fine. It will be fine. Uh, but you you go and be frustrated for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. I do wonder, though, about the you know, what's the best option to start with, because I don't know. I, I mean, I feel sometimes NVDA to be quite different to JAWS, even though it's very similar. It is very similar. But there are aspects of it that I think that I just can't get along with NVDA because I'm just not used to that way of doing it or it's a different. So I don't know if maybe you should start with something. Maybe Narrator is a good place to start because it's the most universal. It's the most basic. There's lots of tutorials mm. built into Microsoft. It's there. You don't have to buy anything or download anything. And I think you have to think about, Frank, what it is you're going to be doing. If you think for employment, then JAWS. You've got to learn JAWS. Just simple as that. And you may as well just jump right in with, with both feet and just do it. Um, if it's not for employment, if it's for home use, then I would see NVDA. Yeah. That would uh, be the, what I the, would be. The price comes into it as well. And like you say, what, what are you using it for? Is it for just personal use or employment? Then, yeah, obviously that comes into it. But as he's already used the, you know, he's used to the environment, which is Jaws and Fusion, then maybe the, that familiarity, that being comfortable with that is going to help. Um, by the way, I did see last night on Twitter that there is an NVDA certificate you can get. NVDA you know certification, that? yeah, that's been that's been around for a while, and and it's free as well as well, it used to be. You could take the test and uh, get NVDA certified. I was thinking about it. Right? What happens if you fail? Do they delete NVDA? Does someone, does someone come around, <laughs> delete it from your system? You can't use this. You're not certified. Oh, I can 100 percent guarantee if I took that test, I would fail because you know I, I as I say, I live in tab left and right arrow up and down in space, and then I live on that and the quick nav keys, but. Um, no, it, it, it's more, you know, if you want to get into training at all, if you've got NVDA certification, it does help. It gives you that qualification. I think it's, it's a good thing to have. It's a JAWS one as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. I don't know if there's one for voiceover on the Mac. I don't know if there is. Not that I, I care, because I'll be ditching it soon. But um, oh. <laughs> Look, I, I'm sorry. I, I, am, I, have, I have a feeling. I have a feeling in the next couple of days, you're going to be hearing from Brian Fischler. Uh, host of the That Real Blind Textual podcast because I have a feeling he and I are going to be getting together to have a bit of a complaining session about Mac. I know he's How not happy you... at all. He's not happy with that at all. What's he not happy with? What, the Dropbox situation? No, well, I'm sure that will not help, but um, he's not a fan of the way that voiceover's going. And I have to say that, you know, there are many, many bugs on that system. Even the basic one being focus mode, just focusing on an item. You know, I, I copied a file yesterday uh, and I had to go through the hoops to move a file from one thing to another. I had to download it from Dropbox, copy it, move it somewhere else. By the time I'd done all that, I realized I'd copied the wrong file because the focus doesn't read what's under the oh, actual right. cursor itself or, or whatever's yeah. highlighted on screen. It's not being read properly. So that alone is a, is a nightmare. Now, you can live with it because you, basically what you have to do is, let's say you you're in a, a folder. Well, you do, because <laughs> if you're in a folder and you've got two items in there, and you want to know exactly what, what file you're on, you've got to kind of arrow up, arrow down, arrow up, arrow down, arrow up, arrow down, almost to kind of tell it, would you just focus, please? Yes, to double check where you're on and make yeah. sure the system knows where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. So I have a feeling Brian's going to come on and talk about that and many other bugs he's found Ooh, a voice. So you can imagine a, a, an Apple rant coming up soon. All due respect, Stephen Scott. Now, brace yourself. Oh, how long have we been saying about voiceover, you know, it's feeling left behind, all right? Not the, the work we feel it needs lavished on it, yeah. not being lavished on it. 
And yet, you just bought an M2 Mac Mini. You, you, you've well, got the M2 uh, yeah. MacBook and, Air. Yeah, and funnily enough, Brian just bought an M2 MacBook Air as well for ex- and exactly the same issues he has in his, his mind as well. I think the problem we have, uh, and I think it's going away, I think there's a, and, and I, don't, I don't want this to be a hate session because it's not. I think ultimately it depends on what you want it to do. And look, am I going to get rid of the Mac entirely? Of course I'm not. I'm not a fool. There's the, I, I use the Mac for many specific purposes, like video editing. I, there's no better accessible video editor out there on Windows that I could use and that has the power behind it to do what it totally can do. Totally agree. So Absolutely that's one. right. Yeah. And, with that, and if you don't use video editing, okay. And I think that's when a lot of people come to us and they ask the question, what should I buy? And they talk about Mac. I immediately think, well, with the challenges that Mac has with voiceover, it might take you a bit longer to figure out. I think I think Mac with voiceover is, is way more complicated to learn than JAWS. And yet I've heard people say, I'd much rather use, I, in fact, I heard this the other day, and I, maybe this is a conversation we should definitely have with this person. I wouldn't name them, but I did see that person on Twitter, and I, I'm going to reach out. But someone said, well, you know, I love my iPhone, so I'm just going to love the Mac. And I'm thinking, whoa, you've got no idea what's coming at you. Because oh, it's how a many of different us did that? beast. Uh, yeah. That's exactly why I bought my first Mac, the Mac Mini, way back, because I loved voiceover. I thought the accessibility on the iPhone was so cool, so well done. And I just assumed, well, it'll be the same on the Mac. And boy, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. No. And of course it can't be. Once you get into once you actually think about it and start using it, a desktop environment is so much more complicated than a, a smartphone, right? So it's got to be more complex uh, to use the, the voiceover screen reader on on the Mac as well. But I'm I'm gonna say it now. I'm a little bit worried about the long term future. Not of uh, not of accessibility and not of the capability of the Mac and its accessibility. I think that that will always be there and they will always do the work on it whether you believe more should be done or, you know, more needs to be done. And we will definitely get Brian on to talk about that, but he certainly does. And, and I think there's, there's room for improvement as well. But I think the bigger issue for me is what is coming down the line in terms of what will be the new style of Mac in the future. Because if they are talking about going down the touchscreen route, if they're talking about integrating the iPad software and the, you know, essentially unifying Mac OS and iPad OS, as I believe they will, and that's not far off. I think it might be even next year we see that. Mm-hmm. Not this year. I don't think we'll see it this year, but we may see it next year. If that begins to happen, then I do worry about what is coming because the the iPad experience for me is not anywhere near as good as the Mac experience is. You know, I prefer working on a desktop with keyboard approach, not touchscreen. And using an iPad, I just find it way too complicated. It's not complicated, it's the wrong word. Yeah, it's but is way- that down to voiceover, or is that just down to how much we've never found anything that beats a, a keyboard as an interface? Uh, well, that's a great point. Yeah, there is nothing else out there, really, that can beat the keyboard. Or yeah. if you use a Bluetooth keyboard or a Evo or whatever it is, there's always something external that you know you would use to A preferably- physical, tactile interface, yeah. yeah. But I think it's just the layout. I think it's just the layout of iPad OS that... Every time I've used it, it kind of freaks me out because I think if this was my daily workflow, I, I'd, I'd have to give up computing. I'd have to use a PC because yeah. there's no way I could use this every day in a productive way. I know people do use it and do be, and like it, but I feel the people who use it, who like it, are using it for very specific tasks, like maybe a bit of web browsing, maybe an email. You know, They're not doing huge amounts of stuff on it. They're not working on it. I'm I'm still not convinced iPad is is a work device, even though they tell they tell us it is. But you know, and I know friends of mine who have tried it, have tried to make the switch from you know sighted friends who have gone from Mac to iPad, and they say I just can't do it. It's not good it's, applications. Yeah, it's not yet. There, it doesn't yeah. have the capabilities. I, I mean, it's got the power in it, probably oh, more power than yes. most devices, but it just doesn't have the applications behind it yet. Yeah, but there are features coming in. It's it's a slow the, the roadmap to wherever Apple's heading for is is years and years, right? The, the the drag and drop option I've only just started really using on the iPhone and things, dragging files from one app to another. Like I don't know, dragging dragging it from files onto WhatsApp and sending someone that way works really well. Um, but it, it's a new workflow that I'm not used to. But it is something that you think, ah, now this is something that is more desktop-like, you know? Mm. So trying to get files in and out of uh, the iPhone before or the iPad before, oh, you God, know, yeah, email it yourself or iCloud and then into somehow into Dropbox. Remember that, that whole thing with pain. iTunes? You had to open up iTunes, you had to go to a specific 
oh, place on iTunes. Absolutely, yeah. And terrible, then you'd have to pick but... the application and then install. It was a night. It was weird. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we are getting better, and slowly and slowly they are, as you say, they're getting together. But my point was we've been complaining about voiceover lacking these updates and these bug fixes for the longest time, but it doesn't stop people from still... Buying no, the well, latest hardware. I think either. that's the point we have to put to our, to anybody who comes on, including me. You know, I think yes. I, I, it's a great question to ask. Why are we still buying it? Why are we still? And I have my reasons. I do have my reasons. And even if I just use it for that and that all alone, then fine, I will do that. But uh, you know, it, it makes it more and more difficult every day for it to be my daily driver. If if features like Dropbox, things I use, um, applications aren't working the way I wanted, the, app, the the overall accessibility is not great. I mean, look, I, I go between Windows and Mac. And when I go to Windows, I feel I'm in control of it. I feel I'm driving a car, which is on a firm road with good tires, and it's a dry day. So it's not skidding all over the place. Whereas, you know, when I'm in a, when I'm using a Mac sometimes, I feel like I'm driving a bus down a skating rink. <laughs> you know what it is? Uh, when, when I used to switch between the two, I used to use the Mac. And when it used to work for me, as I expected, absolutely amazing. I loved the experience. I love Safari back in the day, but then there was just that inconsistency where sometimes I couldn't get into the web view, you know, the web yes. content in Safari. And I couldn't figure out what was I doing different? Was I not interacting in the right place? Sometimes I could tap directly into it. Sometimes I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And it was that sort of inconsistency, which would drive you absolutely crazy. And it ended up me just using it less and less. So yeah. it's tricky. Although there are some great workarounds with that. I think the numpad feature, the numpad commander is brilliant. I mean, that is the way yeah. to navigate a Mac. It really That's is. That's the other thing as well, right? The customizability of voiceover. The what? The customizability. Is that a word? I don't know. As I said it, I didn't think it was. But Let's you know see what? it is. Let's just... I stuck with it. Yeah, good for uh, you. Apple, you can use my voice as AI training. Please it's it's absolutely fine. Customizability, I'm doubling down, <laughs> is... Um, it's amazing, right? And you can do all that thing. And the trackpad commander can be really cool if you're moving over from the iPhone to the Mac for the first time. Really familiar. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to Numpad do it. Numpad yeah. commander. I mean, there's so much stuff in there, but at the same time, you really got to dig into that sort of thing. And I, I don't know. The learning curve is is harder, I think, on voiceover. There's no getting away from that. So I've got my Logitech keyboard here. It's similar to yours because you've got the MX keys. Uh, I've got the MX keys. Advanced. I don't oh, know if that's I, different. I don't know what that it's means. Advanced. But, okay, it's advanced. Great. I think it's that advanced. just means it costs more money. Uh, but yeah, I've got the mechanical version here, which is the same, terrible. Same thing, but it's yep, a mechanical rubbish. version. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, I love it. It's a great keyboard. And of course, again, like yours, it's got that three system capability. So you can have three different computers or, you know, a, a two computers and a, a phone or a tablet, whatever you want. Three devices. To. Yeah. Yeah. And that's brilliant. Uh, so I've got mine set up where it's connected to my Mac Mini. And it's also connected to my iPhone. And I have to say, using the iPhone for applications, I mean, I love WhatsApp, right? We use WhatsApp all the time. And yeah. I go into the WhatsApp version on the Mac and I'm a sweaty octopus back on the ice rink with the bus possibly sailing a little bit too close by nearby. Um, that's, that's painting a, a great image here. Um, that's a hell of an analogy. <laughs> if you're on a skating rink with a bus coming at you and you're a sweaty octopus, then you will know what it's like to try, try and navigate this. You can all um, relate to that, Stephen. It's yep. totally, totally sensible. <laughs> totally. That's the, that's the episode title right there. A sweaty octopus hit by a bus on an ice rink. There you go. You'd listen to that, wouldn't you? That's, a, that's oh, an audio book no you download. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what was the point you were making? What was the point I was making? Um, so yes, oh, yes, WhatsApp. I was using it on the Mac, and I thought, yeah, it's not great. The PC is much better. Uh, I talked about, of course, Brian Hartgen and his WhatsApp scripts that you can buy exclusively with with Four Jaws. You can buy scripts that he's written, which let you navigate WhatsApp even better with all these fun, fantastic shortcuts. Well that, worth it, by the way. It oh, speeds totally. it up so much. I mean, it's not terrible to navigate standard no, by not. default, no. but it, it speeds it up so much more if you're using a script. I use the NVDA WhatsApp add-on, and it, it makes it so so much quicker. Oh, that's yeah, that's good. And, and the other thing, of course, to mention just on that point about WhatsApp is if you're on the PC, I found very quickly, I didn't realise this before, maybe I should have known this, but Control-1, Control-2, Control-3, that just very quickly gets you to the chat you want to get to. So let's That's say right, yeah. let's say I'm chatting with you and you're in position number two. I just hit control two and I'll say you. chat with Sean. It was shocking, isn't it? Chat with Sean Priest and then it'll just drop me straight into the type of message box, which is brilliant, actually. But that's without yeah. the script. 
scripts give you way more functionality because it's often the messages themselves. If you want to get to them, that can be a little, it's not too bad, but you know, it's a little bit more. Yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah, tab, 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 up, 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 up. But on the Mac, yeah. No, it's not great. I mean, it's just, it's too, it's just. Has to do with the interaction model, though? Have you got to interact with every segment, section? Well, it's interesting because there is a new beta version that's out for the Mac, and I was kind of hopeful that this would be better. And it does feel a little bit more like I'm in the Mac mail app, to be honest. It's more similar to that, but just not quite the same with voiceover. I don't know how. I mean, they say it has got accessibility, it's been considered at least, as opposed to just ignored. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't feel. As if that's the case at the moment. Mm. It is beta, so we'll give it a chance. But I certainly wouldn't want to switch over. But now, of course, with my my keyboard connected to my iPhone, uh, I love using the keyboard with the, the WhatsApp app and indeed all my apps on my iPhone. It just, and you get to the point of thinking, if I could get an audio editor on here, <laughs> I yeah, would just exactly. live on my iPhone. I wouldn't even start bother thinking, with a computer. Yeah, this really could wouldn't. be my work. Uh, system, right? I think exactly. for all blind people, that would be it. I think if you could yeah. get audio, I mean, you can do video editing because you can do iMovie on there, and that's accessible. So you know, we just need an audio editor. There's, I know, I know, there's Ferrite and other couple of others, but I haven't found them that great. You know, to be uh, honest, yeah, but that's because it's such a it's such a long winded process to get to wherever you need to get. We need keyboard shortcuts. I mean, that's the the, the secret to being a screen reader user, right? Those, yeah. those powerful keyboard shortcuts if i've got a tab 25 times to get to the button i need to press to drop a start of selection marker then you know what i'm not going to do it yeah i need, I, I need keyboard I shortcuts. someone would have to write that yes yeah yeah i think that, that's the thing right i feel people someone would have to write an app that was for us built for us because i can't imagine well certainly not gonna be adobe <laughs> that are going to do it because oh uh, yeah i haven't forgotten by the way my new year's resolution I am going to make Adobe Audition at least accessible How's by the going? end of this year. Well, so far, I, I must admit, I, I'm still on the preparation um, segment. Okay, so nowhere. Right. No, 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 no. Okay, well, look, it's been good. It's been fun. We didn't get to all the voicemails again. That's shocking. <sighs> too um, much talking. I know. It's your uh, trouble. Too much talking. Frank's like- started off a whole... Oh, Frank. ...thing there with that. But, you know, I, I, totally, I totally get where you're coming from on this, Frank, and... Uh, let us know how you got on. And if you need any help from us, well, call Sean, because if it's NVDA related, he'll he'll tell you how to use shift and tab. I, I will, yeah. Shift, tab, tab, H as well for headings. That's pretty much go. it. Brilliant. That's your training done. <laughs> there you go. What are you still stopping you? <laughs> uh, listen, that's it for us today. Back tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow, all going well. I'm, I don't want to say too much because we haven't confirmed this, but we may have a very special guest joining us to talk all about the demise of Twitter third-party apps. Oh. I'm not going to say any more than that at the moment, but it will be an Elon. interesting one. Uh, yes, Elon. Yeah, Elon will be on, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Elon, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not because uh, you're too busy breaking Twitter. Uh, but if you're, Oof. you know, in between times, you want to come on, you're welcome. Well, uh, on listen, now, that's it? it for us today. Thank you, Sean. And Thank you. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.